grandpa, I used to hang out with my grandpa all the time, and he used to tell me frequently, I think he wanted to make a point that I would learn it, um, but he would tell me frequently, hey, Benny, the key in life is to become an adult once and a child twice. An adult once and a child twice. Now, there's, there's responsibilities that we have as we grow up and we mature, right, where we become an adult, but at some remember. All the times where Jesus was like, no, 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 you got to be like the children. You got to be like the kids, right? Where, you know, the disciples are like, no, but I'm memorizing this and that, and I know all the things. And they're like, no, 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 actually let the kids come, come to me. Like, you guys need to have the heart of a child. We were just praying over the kids, and I can't help but think how badly us adults probably need their prayer, right? How badly we need them to, to give us a touch of, like, the inhibition of spending time with the Father and just having the joy of the Father. You know, like it also, the second thing it reminds me of is we're doing this like train around here, um, which I got my workout shirt evidently today. Um, I'm sweating and I am unoffended by it. It's, it's good. I am a hot mess over here, but it was good. We're going around and I started thinking about with Jericho. Like ahead of time, Jericho knew that they were gonna lose, but they watched as the Israelites came and in silence walked around walked around, walked around. And I think part of why God had the Israelites do it in silence at first is because I don't think the Israelites knew quite yet that they were going to be victorious. Like God knew, Jericho knew, the Israelites didn't know. But slowly as they kept walking around this, this, this fortress, right, slowly I think the belief started rising up into them so that when it was time for the, the worshipers, the symbols, the dancing, they were actually just like that. Like the kids, were, they, they were so excited for God's victory that the walls came down. Isn't that awesome? Like there is warfare, warfare in our worship. It sounds kind of crazy, but like oftentimes when the Israelites would go into battle, they would send who first? The worshipers. The worshipers would go first, and they would sing of the victories that God was about to bring to them. Isn't that awesome? Like, think about this for a second. Like, you're going to war with the people, and, like, you're girding your face for battle, and you got, like, you know, the tremors because you've never really been in battle, and then all of a sudden, your enemy starts singing as they're coming after you. Like, wait, what? Hold on a second. We're about to have a battle here, and they're singing. Like, what do they know that I don't know? Again, his presence went before them, and the presence scared the living daylights out of the enemies because they knew if God is for them, we in trouble, right? All right, so David, stand up for a second. I got a friend here, David. How many people know David, everybody? Yeah, no, yes? Okay, good. All right, so here's one of the things that I've been trying to work with, with my kids on is when is it appropriate in church to yell out, and when is it appropriate to be quiet? right? It's part of growing up. It's part of those things to learn. Okay, so right then, that was a great time for us to shout, but while I'm, I'm talking, I'm going to ask you not to shout. However, David has got a bag of suckers, okay? Parents, I didn't run this past you because I knew you would veto it, all right? So this is what's going to happen. Anytime that I say the word pain, anytime that I say the word pain while I'm talking tonight, what I want you to do for your kid, stand up quietly and put your hand up. The first person, or two if he's generous, 
that he sees that does that, he's going to give them a sucker. Now, if you say anything, disqualified, as my son would say. Avi, when he gets really frustrated, he goes, Cohen is disqualified. Anyways, it's really cute when he says it. So you're disqualified if you say anything, okay? So stand up, put your hand up, be quiet, and then go ahead and sit down once he gives it to somebody because once he says, once I say pain, oh, I saw this one first, but I'm not the judge. It's whoever. All right, so he's going to hand you a sucker. Okay, because what I noticed with the kids running around is they didn't have enough energy, so we need to make sure we give them a little more sugar. All right? So that's kind of the game plan here. Okay, so today what we're going to end up doing is I'm going to walk through, no, we're going to sprint through a number of passages of scriptures that, that Pastor John has actually been talking about a number of these over the last weeks and months. But we're going to fly through some of these because I want to take us back to like a big picture of what God is doing in this season, in this time. All right, I've named it Gardens, Storms, and the Courage to Look Him in the Eyes. All right, so let's go to the first, uh, first slide. All right, so this right here, if you guys look at the screen, that's a fruitful tree. You guys see how many apples are up there? Aren't those nice apples? Yeah, yeah those are good apples, right? Okay, so that's a fruitful tree. Next slide. These are not fruitful trees, okay? So a good gardener will prune trees, all right? And so what he does is you see the one on the left there? Those are called suckers. And so basically at the root system, a tree will try to, like, grow these other things up because they'll try to say, I'm going to take some of the life from the root system, and I'm going to grow my own tree, okay? I'm going to do my own thing out of this, and you have these suckers. But what it does is it sucks the life out of the rest of the tree. So as a good gardener, what he does is he goes to the root of the system, and he says, I'm going to cut these things out right now, okay? Next one on the right is a water sprout. So you see those ones that are going vertical on the tree? On mine, it's blue, but up there, you can't really see it. The ones that are going straight vertical, those ones are called water spouts, Okay? And water spouts, they're on a branch, and they're on the branch, and like, you know what, I'm a branch, but you know what, I don't want to be a branch, I want to be my own tree. These are like false identities. No, 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 actually, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. You know, in this area of my life, I'm going to be this. You know what, I'm going to put my identity in my job. I'm going to be in my identity in my relationship. I'm going to put my identity in these other things. And again, we're at a place where a good gardener will say, no, 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 that's not connected the way it's supposed to be. That's not going to bear the fruit you're intended to. And so he'll cut those off as well. Okay, next one. A good gardener will look for any branches that are growing down. Because he knows that if they're growing down, eventually what they're going to do is, one, they're not going to produce a lot of fruit, but all they're doing is sucking the life out of the ones that are producing fruit. They're going away from the sun, and they're, they're saying, you know what, I'm going to go this way instead. These are the times of our lives where, like, God is like, hey, I want you to be intimate with me. And you're like, hey, I'm actually going to go do this thing over here, right? You go the exact opposite way of the area that's going to bring you growth in your life. And God says, you know, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm going to cut that out, okay? Dead branches. How many of you guys, and I really don't actually need you all to raise your hand, but how many of you can say, if I say, hey, is there any dead branches in your life? Can you say, well, there's, there's this thing that, like, it's not really producing anything, but, you know, that game is awesome. You know, or like, hey, that thing is awesome. But really, is it awesome? Like, it's sucking some of the life out of you. It doesn't really have any purpose, but it's there. And then eventually, 
you know what, you're not getting any fulfillment out of it, but it's still there, and you're like, oh, man, right? God will cut those branches off too. Now, the beautiful thing, beautiful thing is we do have a good gardener in our lives, right? And if we have the ability, we have the opportunity, right? Daniel's talking about in everything in life, we have the opportunity to go to the gardener. And there is pain when we go to the gardener sometimes. Oh, I saw this one over here. Oh, over there. We'll call it a twofer. Talking about twofers, I don't know if anybody else does this, and this might be just my, okay, it's time for me to confess. But when we go to stop signs, stop lights, sometimes I'm, I'm looking out, and if there's really nobody coming from, like, there'll be a car in front of me, and they'll stop, and, I, and I'll kind of, like, do this rolling stop, and I'll keep going, and Andrew look at me like, wait, you're not stopping. And I'm like, no, that was a twofer. Anyways, she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, it's like a twofer. You know, sometimes, you know, there's nobody else coming. Sometimes you just, I stopped. I stopped with the other guy back there. I could see. Anyways, completely side rant. There's my confession. All right, so, <clears throat> all right, so gardeners, what they'll do is, is after they're cutting all the other things, where each cut, there's pain, right? Every cut, there's this, there's this pain that comes, right? And it's like, it was a twofer. There we go. All right, I like it. So, all right, so what happens, what happens is, is a gardener will literally make a fresh wound, a fresh wound in the thing that he wants to graft something into. So, right, so he's pruning, and that pruning, it cuts to the core, and when it cuts to the core, there's pain, right? So when it cuts to the core, right, when we are grafting new life, you see the, the picture on the left, how there's like that V and the other one, it's like the inverted V. You guys see what I'm saying? Yeah? Guys, can you put up your hand if, you, if you're looking at the left picture? Perfect. All right. So you see that, right? There's a specific cut and a specific cut. Now, here's the beauty, okay? Sometimes in our lives, we are cut to the core, and we are offended that we are cut to the core, and we do everything we can to make sure that other people can't see it, and in particular, God can't see it, right? We really don't want to deal with it, but we're like, there's something that wounds us so deep that our humanness wants to take that pain and like hide away, okay? Our humanness wants to say, I don't, I don't want this part exposed. And it doesn't take long for that to scab, okay? So for with a tree... If you don't connect it right away, it scabs, and guess what? The gardener has to make a new cut, okay? Sometimes God will offend our minds to reveal our hearts. Sometimes he'll bring us to a place where it'll wound us all the way, and his intention is not to hurt you. His intention isn't purposely, hey, I'm going to bring them pain, right? That's not what he's trying to do. What he's trying to do is he's trying to take our wound and his wound. Think about this for a second. Jesus was wounded on the cross for us. He was wounded in every way. He knows all of the, all of the depth of everything, right? And if he wants to infuse his life into our life, he has to put literally the, the depth of intimacy in him into the depth of intimacy in us. And the only way that it produces good life is if it's at that raw stage, or if it's at that open stage where, you know what, I'm going to let my heart bleed for a second, and I'm going to let him come and touch that, right? Because when we are in our human state, we're like, I don't want anybody to touch that. 
I only want to present myself when I'm already fixed. Guess what? We can't fix ourselves, right? We have to let him fix it. And so when he does that, it's an opportunity in the pain, right? It's an opportunity to say, you know what? God, it's time for you to make me whole in this, this area of my life. It's time for you to come in and do that. Does that make sense? Okay, so then what God will do is he will take that, he'll put his pain with our pain, and then he binds it together to heal us and produce more fruit. <clears throat> All right? Now, I need, I need to make a clarification here. This is not a bit about, like, changing seasons in our lives. When I'm talking about him grafting life in us, this is not going from summer to fall. It's not going from this part of my life to the next part of my life. He is changing your DNA makeup. He's going from caterpillar to butterfly. Does that make sense? Like, if you are sitting here and you're saying, hey, you know what? Like, I want something new. Guess what? It's going to be completely unlike anything we've ever known. Right? So part of this pain process is also he wants to expand us in a way that we have no idea what is to come. And you can't be offended with what he's going to bring because we have no paradigm for the fruit that he wants to put in our lives. Okay? Next slide. Sea of Galilee. Okay, we're going to pivot hard. Okay? Sea of Galilee. There's a picture of the actual Sea of Galilee. Okay? Um, did you know that Galilee means chapel? Isn't that cool? And like every time that Jesus went out into the Sea of Galilee, like he was going out into the chapel and hanging out before doing his next miracle. Anyways, next page. <clears throat> All right, there's storms in our life. We're going to talk about some of the storms coming. But the Galilee, it's 13 miles long, seven and a half miles wide. And if you remember that last picture, there's those cliffs on that one side. What happens is these winds come over the cliffs, they drop down, and the cold air, when it hits the water, creates these massive storms. Okay, and these massive storms, the next picture is not an actual real-life picture of Sea of Galilee, but it gives you kind of an idea of like, hey, there's an old-school fishing boat right there. Like, these dudes were fishermen in this lake. They knew this lake. They knew what they were doing, right? All right, go to the next slide. All right, so in Mark 4.35, it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with them. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now remember, these are people that they spend almost all of their time on this lake fishing, right? And they were at a place where they were like, Whoa, there's so much pain here. Like, God, we're about to die. Like, don't you even care? You're sleeping through the storm. You're sleeping through this storm. Don't you even care? And he got up, and he told the wind and the waves, hey, chill out. What are you doing? Like, you need to relax, okay? And immediately, it died down. And then he looked at his disciples and said, hey, why are you so afraid? Like, what, what's going on? Do you, have, do you have no faith? Like, haven't you seen us do some sweet stuff before? All right? And they were terrified and started whispering to each other, like, man, who is this guy? Even, even the wind and the waves, they obey him even. Like, that's, that's crazy. Okay, next slide. All right, so they went across the lake to the region of the uh, Gerasenes. 
And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, and, but he tore the chains apart, broke the irons on his feet, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out, and he would cut himself with stone. Dude was in a lot of pain. All right, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus said, hey, what's your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again, hey, don't send me out of the area. Next slide. So there's a large herd of pigs that was feeding on the nearby hill. And the demons begged Jesus, hey, send us in the pigs and allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed off that steep bank right into the lake and were drowned. The people that were watching the pigs ran off, reported to the town countryside, hey, everybody, uh, the, the, the pigs were supposed to watch, um, you know, demon dude over here. Uh, there was a guy who came, and he, like, told them to go into the pigs. The pigs ran out of the water. Sorry, I know that we're responsible, but, like, you got to come see this, right? So they did that. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They were afraid. They were afraid because when true power and authority comes into our realm, that shakes us to the core. You know, like, we like going to church once a week. We like having this, like, touch of, like, you know, the Bible says... Have a form of godliness, but deny his power. But when you actually start tasting of his power and his authority, everything in our lives shake. There's an opportunity, right? There's an opportunity where it's a painful thing because we're afraid, right? We're like, I don't know what this is, and I don't know that I can control this. Cliff notes, we don't control it, right? It's this understanding of like, there is someone who has created us that is greater than us, and you know what, there's so much power in even his voice that, like, it scares us. These guys said, hey, can you peace out? Can you get out of here? Like, we don't know what to do with this, but, like, we know this man, and if all of us can't hold him down, but you can send all of the demons that are in him out by just telling him, I don't know what is going on, but there's something here that is, is crazy. There's a crazy power that is here, and if you're more powerful than that and we don't know who you are, I don't know what you would do to us. Right? Like there's, there's kind of this fear that's going on. There's all of that. So first you had the demon-possessed guy that's got a lot of pain. Now you got all these other people in pain saying, whoa, I don't know if I can control this. Right? So Jesus, <clears throat> all right, let me see right here. So um, those tending the pigs ran off. Um, people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. And Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy for you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and the people were amazed. Decapolis, Decapolis means ten cities. Okay, so if I was to pull up a map, I don't remember if I put a map in the slides or not, but basically, if I was to put up a map, you have the west side of that lake, that Sea of Galilee, right? The west side of it is where you have a lot of your Israelites. On the east side of it, they, 
uh, was actually pretty much, it was Decapolis, the 10 cities, but it was run by the Greeks. And what had happened is 70 years prior, the Greeks had kind of taken over and there was this feud, right? Where on the east side, they're like, nah, we're going to party, live it up, do our thing. We're going to eat our pigs. I know that you Israelites don't like the pigs, but we're going to eat them. Right? So it's kind of like this irony that like God's like, hey, I'm going to clean this. Also, I'm going to send the pigs away. Right? So this normally thing that would be like, like an act of war almost, right? You know, you got the east side and the west side that like we don't like each other kind of deal. They're already fighting. And Jesus comes on over here and does his thing. Right? The capitalist, the cool thing is he sends this guy like almost all the time in the Bible you hear Jesus say like, hey, I just healed you, but don't tell anybody. Hey, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Hey, demon-possessed dude, go tell everybody. Wait, what? So he tells them, hey, go tell everybody in the, in the 10 cities. All right. So between that and where my next stuff, there's stuff happens. Jesus reads a dead girl back to life. He heals a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. Cool thing with this is Jesus is creating this stamp where everywhere before, everywhere before it was Hey, if you touch something that is unclean, you have now become unclean, right? And Jesus says, hey, my ministry is the opposite, actually. Because I am clean, anything that is unclean that I touch, it becomes clean. This is a stamp of his ministry. He's like, actually, hold the phone. I'm going to do the opposite. This is what we do, right? Now, I don't get unclean. I make things clean, right? All right, so Jesus gets rejected his own town before it. Jesus sends out the twelves and twos with no material possessions. Says, hey, I'm going to give you nothing. Go out in pairs, but you know what? I'm going to give you power over the unclean spirits. Go do your thing. This is your spiritual one-on-one class. I know it's going to be painful, but go ahead and do it. All right? So he sends them out. And in the meantime, while they're out, John the Baptist dies. Okay? All of these can be sermons, but I'm not going there right now. The twelve apostles come on back, and they're like, Hey, Jesus, did you know? Like, I need to process what's going on. But the thing is, like, people aren't leaving them alone. So you're just like, all right, fine. All right, let's hop back in the boat. Let's go back over to Sea of Galilee. And so they start getting in the boat. Now, all the people on the west are like, no, 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 no. Stuff is going on with this guy and with these people that are following him. This is only a 13-mile-wide thing. I don't care that those are enemies over there. We're going to beat him to the other side of the lake. So they start running. You're talking thousands of people that are like, there's the boat. We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. And they all go over there. Now you have the west side. And cool thing is you've got the east side all there. Why is the east side there? I think that that was the first missionary Jesus sent out. And you had 10 cities of people that don't follow the Israelites or their God that say, I don't know what's going on, but I have heard of that dude. And that dude, if he is saved, if, he, if there's something going on with him where there's actually a wholeness and a health, I'm willing to sacrifice my pain to get there. I'm going to go see what's happening right? So you get the west side, the east side that are like, all right, let's listen to this Jesus, right? And so Jesus is going over there and he feeds the 5,000 plus their women, plus their kids. And like, this is a practical miracle. Most of his miracles are practical, which sounds really weird, but you know what? In that city, you don't have like a bunch of Kroger's and Walmarts and everything else. Like it takes time to bake bread. Now what happens in the moment when you have thousands of people that show up on the side of an area where there's no real, real city right there? And you got all these thousands of people, they get hungry. And guess what? You can't be like, oh, we'd like to order some takeout real quick on the way. No, no, no. No. Nobody had the bread because nobody was anticipating that this was going to happen. Right? Meanwhile, Jesus and his disciples, still no time to like process, hey, this is what just happened in my life. So they go over there 
And they're met with all these crowds from the west side and the east side. They're like, I thought we were getting away from people. Like, I still need to talk to you, Jesus, and process this. They're grumpy. They're like, can you send them away from food? And Jesus is like, why don't you feed them? They've got hunger pains. Said it again. There we go. All right. <coughs> and they didn't get it. <clears throat> still processing. Jesus had mercy because they were sheep without a shepherd. Okay. Next slide. <clears throat> so after that day, Jesus sends the disciples. He says, hey, get back on the boat. Go back across the Sea of Galilee. I'll catch you in a minute. They're all like, we're exhausted from the day. We don't really know what's going on. We're frustrated. We're like, we're still trying to wrap our head around what is going on. We're going to hop in that boat, and we're going to get away from people. Cool. We'll see you, Jesus, when we see you, right? Now, they're over there, and they're rowing against the wind. How many people have rowed a canoe against the wind? Now, we've got a lot nicer canoes than they did then. But these guys had to have been exhausted all day. They were serving all day. They were doing their thing. And they're tired, and they're going against the storm all day, all night, right? Jesus, he does what he does, and he climbs a mountain to spend some time with his father, which, P.S., side note, did you know Jesus had awesome calves? He had to have. He was always climbing mountains to go spend time with his father. Always. Right? He wasn't like, hey, I'm going to take the bike. No. Like, he was climbing mountains all the time. So he climbs up these mountains partly to spend time with the Father, probably partly to watch these guys row against the wind. Right? Because he's sitting there and he's like, ah, oh, man. They're still going. Oh, man, yeah, Peter looks real frustrated. You know? Either way, fourth watch, right, between 3 and 6 in the morning. Jesus walks on the water over the other side. Now, I don't know if it's just because it's the shortest route or because he wanted to, like, I don't know. It's funny because there's this, like, and he almost walked past them. Wait, was his intention to, like, walk past them and just meet them on the other side? Or did he actually want to knock out? I don't know. I don't know. Right? But what happens in this, this thing is they look and they see him and they think, hey, he's a ghost. And they're freaked out. Right? Um, the next slide is, is Matthew's version of it. And in it, what happens is Peter says, hey, if you are, like, if you're Jesus, if you're the Lord... Ask me to come out on, on the water. And God says, all right, come, come to me. So he gets out of the boat and he starts walking on water. Who wants to walk on water that's not frozen? Right? When I was in college, I used to always try. Maybe it's time I start trying again. I don't know. I used to always try. He would walk on water and he said, hey, come on out. Peter's walking on water towards him. Right? Eyes on Jesus, and he's like, this is awesome. And he's like, I'm in a storm. I'm going to die. And he, when he takes his eyes off of Jesus, he starts, he starts to drown. Okay? Starts to drown. And Jesus reaches over and like, oh, man, you little faith. But I don't think it was like this, this shame thing. I don't think it was like, oh, man, I'm so tired. I, like, I picture of it like when my kids first learn how to ride their bike. Or like when I was a kid, my dad would shove me on the bike, right? The first time I fell, because it's like, I'm riding a bike, I'm riding a bike. Wait, I don't know how to ride a bike. And then you like, you take a big digger. You know what I'm talking about? You scrape your leg, and your dad's like, oh, man, my kid's never going to learn how to ride a bike and walk away. No, he's like, oh, man, look how far you made it. You did this thing. It was so awesome. Like, you were riding a bike, right? Oh, man, you, you lacked faith in that moment, and like, you didn't realize that you could actually do this thing. I feel like it was more with that. Anyways, um, next one. 
storms are coming in America. I'm not going to have people, like, raise hands on which side of this really controversial thing because we're not supposed to talk about any of this stuff. But I'm going to be real, so I'm going to. Storms coming in America, all right? There, there's stuff that's happening, right? Now, the cool thing is we have an opportunity. We have an invitation to go to the gardener before the storms come in our lives. To prune anything that needs to be pruned, to graft anything that's going to be grafted. Okay, so financial storm, right? You think about the current debt of $28 trillion. That's $196,000 per taxpayer. I was sitting here doing the math earlier today. If I was to make $2 million a day, a day since Jesus was born, we're talking about $1.47 trillion. To give you perspective, and just so I throw both Trump and Biden under the bus, and nobody's offended, in the last, 20, the last 12 months, we've added nearly $5 trillion of debt. If I'm making $2 million a day since Jesus, that is $1.47 trillion. In the last year, we've added $5 trillion. That's obnoxious. Like, at some level, there's going to be a financial storm that happens. There's a reckoning because you have to pay your bills at some point or bankrupt. Like, and I'm not saying, like, it's, it's one side or the other because they both are like, let's solve it with money, you know? And it, anyway, our military, again, not trying to pick sides, but some people are like, hey, we should have left Afghanistan. We never should have been in Afghanistan. We should have left differently. Like, there's a military thing that's going on right now. Hey, what about the Taliban's back in charge? Oh, wait, we still got Americans over there? Why do we have Americans over there? You got the housing market, right? I was reading this graph the other day, and I was like, oh, my goodness. There's, like, way more people that are not paying on their houses than the foreclosure and the housing dip Years ago, right? And we all saw what happened there. You got foreign country situations, whether it's China, Taiwan, Tyra, Taiwan. <laughs> I, I read English sometimes. Sometimes I read that. The China-Taiwan situation. You have the I Iran situation, North Korea, Russia. Like, I don't know if you guys have been watching. There's a ton of countries that have massive amounts of unrest and protests that are going on. You've got Australia, there's stuff going on. Okay, within our, in our schools and in America, we've got a lot of fighting about how many genders there are, what the genders look like, all that other stuff. Next page before I get too many glares. I'm just kidding. Good thing COVID-19 isn't a hot topic, right? <laughs> mask, no mask. Vaccine, no vaccine. Booster, no booster. Hydrochloroquine, ivermectin, bioweapon, Wuhan leak, natural splitting into strains. Do we have an open border? How about all of the trafficking, whether it's drugs or people, Right? We've got the elections where half the country questions if Biden is legitimate. You have the other half that four years ago question, is Trump legitimate? You've got audits. You've got the January 6th. What exactly happened? There's a mistrust with the media with a large percentage of Americans. You have the gun debate, abortion debate, BLM, Antifa. Like, the point is, if I wanted to, like, pick a fight with somebody in America today, it wouldn't take me that long to figure out something that's going to offend somebody. Right? Am I wrong? I can induce pain like it's my job. People like suckers. Yeah. Yeah, say pain again. Pain, 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 pain. Just throw them. Yeah. Okay. So here's. Do your thing. 
We have now become a parade. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me focus on some stuff here. I promise. No, I'm not making any promises how long I'm going to go. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. Number one, you have a gardener. You have a gardener that can, can and wants to put his pain with your pain and infuse new life into you. Okay? Number two, some of the storms that are up on this page, and these aren't the only storms. These aren't the only storms, right? I didn't even get into emotional, emotional, physical, the number of divorces, number of orphans, number of anything else that's going. Like, there's some massive things that are going on that it's only a matter of time before at least one of the last two slides or others will directly affect our lives, right? And if we don't go to the gardener first, the storms will take off the dead branches. Does that make sense? Like, there will be a pruning one way or another. We get to choose if we're going to go to the Father for that pruning or if we're just going to wait for the storm. We get to choose, hey, there's a storm going on. Am I going to have my eyes on the storm and the waves and feel like I'm drowning? Or am I going to keep my eyes on Jesus? Because where there's Jesus, you can sleep in the storm. Where there's Jesus, you can walk on water. Right? Like, where you are in his presence, all of the other things pale in comparison. Like, that is your key, is spend time in his presence, because in his presence, you know what, the storm is still going to be raging around you. But do you want rest? Rest is going to be when you keep your eyes on Jesus. There's an invitation of, hey, you know what, I know that there's pain in the process where God is grafting things in me. I know that there's that process where you know what, the storms are going to rip stuff off, and he feels it, he knows it, he understands. We'll go to the next slide, by the way. Okay? This right here is a picture of trees without roots. Those of us that grow fast, but we don't have any wind in our lives, if we don't have any challenges in our lives, won't grow roots. They used to have this thing way back in the day where they made the first biodome, and everything was growing really fast, and everything was in this dome, and it was awesome, and and then all of a sudden, it all started falling apart. The one thing that they hadn't factored for was wind. Don't be offended if God allows wind and storm in your life. Don't be offended by it. He wants you to grow deep roots, and he wants to take off anything that's dead. Sometimes when we have pain in our life, we say, this is, this is punishment. I must have done something wrong, right? When there's pain in our lives... We might be looking at the thing he's cutting out of us. Hear this. Hear this for a second. Church, when he cuts something out of us, when he is pruning us, it's because he wants to expand you. He wants to bring abundant life. He wants to expand your influence. So when he cuts something of deadness out of you, it's because he wants to infuse more life abundant through you, and it just takes a minute for that new life to grow. Does that make sense? Next page. Okay, safest place in his presence. Keep your eyes on him in the storm. All it takes is one word from his mouth, and the winds and waves in your life can be calmed immediately. I remember I was in this massive storm of my own life when I was in the Bering Sea. 
lived on an island called St. Paul Island, and I was around as much darkness as I could think of. And uh, I was in a rough spot, and I started reading through the Bible. And there's, you know, there's these, like, little phrases in the Bible, like, especially in the Old Testament, it says, and it came to pass, da, 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 da. And I got, and it came to pass, and I started weeping. And God said, Benny, the storm didn't come to stay. The storm came to pass. Those of you that are in that storm right now, it did not come to stay. It came to pass. There's a time for it, but there's a time of rest that is coming. And out of this season, there's going to be a season of abundance. Okay? Now, we've been talking as a, as a church, hey, God is leading us into healing. God is leading Guess what? Part of that is he's going to cut off anything that's not producing life. This is your warning. It's happening, right? So either you go to the gardener or he's going to come with a storm. And this is like, it's just what happens, right? When that happens, don't feel the shame. We talked about the shame before, right? Don't feel the shame of him cutting something out of your life, right? Because the enemy's going to be like, oh, look at that wound. Let's make sure you don't take that wound to him. Don't take your pain and put your pain with his pain. Because the enemy knows when that happens, life happens. Okay? But that healing is coming for this crew. The gentlest way that you can get into his presence is worship. However, entering into his worship is a form of warfare. Again, make this thing a vertical situation with God and not a horizontal with any of your storms or any of your enemy. You have storms in your life, go to God about it. You have victories, celebrate. Okay? God, may you bless these, your people. God, may they know the fullness of goodness that you have intended for them. God, I ask that you bless them as they go out in their fields of ministry. God, give them grace, give them favor in everything that they touch, in everything that they say. God, give us the boldness and the courage to not be offended by the pain but that would be attracted and captivated by your eyes. God, that you would bring an intimacy and a healing and a life that we didn't know existed. God, reveal your goodness in us and through us as we go from this place today. In Jesus' name, amen.